everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with not one, but two of our Watermark students. First up, we've got Mr. Colin Keaton. Hey guys, what's up? And Biok Sang. What's going on? So Colin, you've been here before, right? Yes, I have. So back in episode, it looks like 198, you shared your story, how you came to know the Lord. Yeah. Biok, I've never gotten to hear your story. So give us just a little two-minute testimony. How'd you come to know the Lord? Where are you at today? Awesome. So growing up, I was born in Myanmar, Burma. And from as time went on, we reached America. And through that, you know, just my whole life from elementary to junior high, I sat with the, the burden, the idea that, that God was somebody I needed to please hmm. legalistically and just with my actions. And so I memorized prayers. I memorized verses. I was a good student at school. I was a good student at Sunday school to the point where all of this brought me not wholeness, but more emptiness hmm. because I wanted to be better than everybody else, which drove my friends away along with me wanting to seek a holy life out of, I guess, my actions to the point where my friends were doing all these other things that I didn't want to be part of. And so from that, this just the hole of isolation kept going deeper and deeper until uh, Kanakuk 2018. I remember just after being just taught the gospel again, just seeing what it meant, seeing what it meant to my, pe- my preacher and my friends, I surrendered my life to Christ. But through that, it was always pretty hard trying to live with that camp high, falling down, losing just what I learned at camp. But going forward, as I went into high school, I finally realized what it meant to surrender your life to Christ, but also walk with Christ. And so through that, through the start of Bible study groups, start of small groups, start of building more relationships that were intentional and that really brought me Christ, the gospel as it was, and really and friends that poured into me, I was able to learn what truly walking with Christ, what truly just being present for Christ instead of wanting to give Christ things. Because hmm. at the end of the day, my one of my lifers is, is that I don't need to give anything to God but a broken sacrifice, but a broken heart, as Psalms 51, 17 says. And through that, I've just learned what it means to live in God's goodness instead of working for His goodness. I love that, Biak. I see, I see both of you guys doing that, saying, hey, I want to live a life that is fully devoted and surrendered to the Lord, because both of y'all are in my lead team group. Which yep. A lot of people, yeah, yep. people listening might not know what lead team is. What is it? So basically, we get together before uh, every uh, shoreline of the month that weekend, and we kind of just, we have a little lesson with uh, the leaders, and then we get to kind of talk through with just different people that want to be leaders in our schools, and we get together and talk kind of just about ourselves, get to know each other, and then uh, about, like, our good habits, our bad habits, like, in our spiritual life and how we can uh, grow to become better leaders in our schools. I love it. What is one prayer request, if you will, that people listening could pray for high school students who want to do just that, be a better leader? Uh, I would say that our walks with God would— be real, would be authentic, and that we would have people that would pour on to us as we would do the same to them. Mm, that's good. Should we just jump in? Genesis 3? Yeah, let's go. All right, Colin, take it away. What you got for us? Yeah, so I really liked uh, the beginning of Genesis 3. 
And I thought it was uh, really important that um, it kind of focused on the fact that where the devil came in and spoke to Eve, and he kind of got into her head, and um, he caused her to have these thoughts that eventually brought her to sin and disobeying God. Intrusive thoughts, if you will. Yeah. He really, like, came at her and got inside her. And then not even just the fact that he caused it, but then right after that, you never really see him again or hear of him again. He kind of does his deed and disappears, Hmm. which I thought was really not cool, but important fact that kind of can get skipped over. And something really prevalent, like, in our lives these days is that he loves to come in, just wreak havoc, and do anything he can to mess you up in your spiritual walk and then disappear as if he was never there. Hmm. And so um, I'm actually doing a quiet time these days on Job right now. And I thought it was really fascinating uh, to hear. I found out the other day that since this point in the Bible, that the devil actually doesn't appear again until Job, so many books later. And so he kind of does this big thing that changes the whole world. And then you don't hear about him for a long time. Yeah, it's also interesting because Job chronologically, we don't know exactly where it falls in the story. Yeah, We know it's it's somewhat early on, but it's definitely not right right here after Adam and Eve. Like pretty soon we're going to sure. get their genealogy and we see Cain, Abel, and Seth. We don't see Job. Uh, but of that those would be the two books that we'd see this serpent mentioned in this kind of way in Genesis 3 and in Job, where we see so much death and destruction and depravity. It's really interesting. Biak, what are you thinking? The way Colin wrote that was really cool. Just the fact that Satan, the devil, took the form of a serpent who I think, well, because later in the Bible or in Genesis 3, it says that God cursed him to move on its belly. So mm-hmm. I think if you look back, it probably wasn't on its belly in the beginning, mm. but that it was full of deceit and it was the smart one of the smartest beasts of the field that God created. You think it was like a lizard? A flying lizard maybe? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's either flying or walking. Right? Yeah. So but through that it took on the serpent. And from that I think sometimes we blame Eve a lot for the mm. fall. I mean in reality they're both the cause of the fall. Yeah. But I think right before that Eve also questioned herself because the devil brought up these like negative questions. He was like, is this really true? Is this mm. what I'm saying true? And if I think in like two or three, it shows how Eve forgot to word the, the way that God or the way that Adam told her. And so mm. if you look back, you probably, I think that Adam probably didn't tell her correctly or mm. the whole truth, the whole idea. Because God gave the instruction regarding the tree yep. to Adam before Eve was created. Yeah. Yeah. And so that did a really good reflection for my life. And I think the idea of we sometimes as Christians, when we want to, I guess, preach the gospel, speak to people, we sometimes sugarcoat things. Just not only the gospel, but just how to live a holy life, how to live a pure life. We sugarcoat all these things. In reality, that's not what's going to get people to Christ. It's not what's going to mm. get people saved. But the fact that you you bring the story of the of death, of resurrection, of suffering and pain, so you can bring the story of love. You can bring the story of truth. You can bring the story of new life. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You think about there's four things that make up a, a worldview. Creation, how did it all begin? Mm-hmm. Fall, what's the problem? Redemption, what's the solution? And resolution, what does the future hold? And it's interesting because in Genesis 3, we know how it began. 
we see the problem enter the picture, and then we get this, like, glimmer of the solution as God starts talking about the consequences of the fall. What is that? Do you guys know? Uh, Yeah, he kind of goes into the different curses for Mm -hmm. us. And so he curses everyone differently. He starts with the serpent and then to the woman and then to Adam. And so to the woman, he uh, gives them pain and childbirth, which I can't speak on that, but I'm (laughs) sure many other women can. But And then uh, for a man like Adam, he uh, makes us toil and have to work hard and uh, hate the labor of our hands for the rest of our lives in order to get what we need in life to survive. So those yeah. are like the, the two main consequences, not counting the curses of the serpent. Yeah. So what about—let's look at the curses of the serpent. So Genesis 3.15 is a, a really important verse— um, when we think about the biblical worldview, that there's a uh, creation, a fall, how did everything get messed up, and then a, a solution to the problem. Because God's saying, hey, in verse 15, one day this this child that's going to come from a woman will crush the head of the serpent while you will simply strike his, teal, his heel. To him, it'll be like a stub toe, but he's going to crush your head. And so In Genesis 3, at the very beginning of our Bibles, we're getting this picture that, that what? I mean, what is that? Who is that a picture of? Yeah, I think it's kind of like a little foreshadowing of Christ coming down and kind of foiling all of the devil's plans and coming back and saying, like, this is, like, I'm the real Adam. I'm the real Eve. Like, this is how life was truly meant to be lived. It's good. Exactly right. Biak, anything you'd add? Any other thoughts? Uh, Yeah, actually— just I, one thing I thought really cool, verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Uh, it, before that, Adam and Eve, once they realized they were naked, mm-hmm. they cl- clothed themselves with fig leaves it, with the idea of they tried to hide themselves. They tried to like physically hide themselves from God. Yeah. But then after, you know, after God cursed the serpent, the ground, and just them, he his grace also covered them with, garments of skin and clothe them hmm. which is again a foreshadow of just the return of christ that through his death through and his re- resurrection and his blood we are also clothed with his skin we are clothed with just what he did on the cross yeah, his righteousness that's yeah. good biak yeah i like that yeah my uh concluding thought was kind of that a lot of times this can be sad like seeing the introduction of sin and like um, all the shame that like um, Adam and Eve felt through this and how they tried to hide themselves from God. And my concluding point was really just that like he still loves us even if we sin. And the verse uh, I thought of for that was Romans 5, 8 that says, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. So knowing that like no matter what we're doing, no matter what we're going through, like he can see past our sin and he still put himself on the cross and uh, gave himself up in the ultimate act of love. Just so that we could be with him forever. It's good. Amen. Great. I love it, you guys. Thanks for being here. Colin, Biak, always a pleasure. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.